I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Over Everything podcast. We have Sports Canada. I'm your host, Wayne Lou. I'm joined by a fellow podcaster, um, Wendy Sparks, host of Courtside Moms, and of course, mother of Kem Birch. Um, Wendy, thanks so much for your time. Well, thank you so much for having me on your show. I'm so excited. Yeah, for sure. First off, I got to say the podcast is really, really fun. I really regret only discovering it more recently. But as I remember, the first episode I listened to obviously was, you know, the superstar episode, of course, when you got uh Kyle Larry's mom which everyone knows on Twitter by now especially if you're a Raptor fan and I was listening to it at like 2 a.m and I was like this is such a beautiful conversation and I just really wanted to like fold laundry and go to sleep and I was like I listened to the whole thing it was so heartwarming um hearing just two moms talk to each other but especially obviously with Kyle's history and of course you do such a great job with the podcast so I really just want to congratulate uh, you on that the, the show first and foremost well thank you so much I mean Oh, it was a challenge for me to get this started and going because I didn't know what a podcast was, but I just knew that there had to be some sort of platform to allow moms like myself to get our stories out. Um, and do, by the time I got to Marie's episode, now night and day from my first episode all the way up to her episode, which I believe is probably like maybe 56, 57. So <laughs> And I just appreciate everything that I've learned to date. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I think first off, just, you know, as a fellow podcaster, like it, it's really well produced. It's like, you're great. It's like very clear how much like research you like do into this. And um, I got to say, like, uh, I think, well, I want to ask for you, actually, what, 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 what do you find is like the biggest challenge in podcasting itself? And, and maybe after that, we will talk about what's the most rewarding part of it as well. Sure. Um, the biggest challenge at the beginning was, like you said, researching, because I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. All I knew was what I wanted to get stories out. But then there's the how, and then there's what information would keep people engaged, keep my guests engaged, and keep me engaged. Because <laughs> at the beginning, I was doing it live in person with the mothers. So I was living in Montreal at the time, and I actually flew the mothers to Nova Scotia because that's where the studio is. And we were sitting there oh, live wow. and we were, yeah, so it, it was a little bit different at the beginning, but so the challenge was time coordinating, putting it all together. And what do I do? How am I, how do I speak? But then everybody just kept saying, just be Wendy. It's so easy. And I was so nervous. I was asking questions that were so irrelevant at the beginning. <laughs> Now I'm like hardcore mom, like, tell me your feelings and tell me this, where before I was like, well, how did you feel about now? I'm like, so different that I just, I, it's, it's really, really a blessing for me now. So again, the challenges really was just a, how to get started and keep people interested. 
Um, and, and earlier you, you talked about like wanting to get these like stories from the mom perspective, which I think is so unique. I think, you know, obviously with athletes, everyone talks to the athlete, everyone talks to the coach, right. you know, but what about the parents? And I really, really enjoy this perspective that you guys are bringing. First off, are you ever worried that you might tell a story that might embarrass Kim or anything like that? Because, you know, moms can overshare, you know, like everyone's been around each other's moms. They're like, mom, don't say that. Or, you know what I mean? Like, do you ever worry about that at first and, and anything yeah. like that? I do. And the funny thing about it is some of the stories I say that I might find embarrassing, he couldn't care less. And then the littlest thing I would say, and he's like, I can't believe you said that. And I'm like, what? So like, all I said was you were cute at seven. And, and he'd be like, oh, my God. So it's just so funny. So I never know what to say. So I always tell him, hey, eh, you're not going to see the episode anyway, so you'll never know. And we laugh about it. No, I'm, I'm sure he's listening. I'm, I'm sure he's listening. He's got to know. I'm sure he does. Um, I'm sure he does. Um, yeah. So, I mean, uh, I wanted to ask you more questions about the podcast, but I, I really wanted to to touch on the the two episodes. I think, especially if you're a Raptor fan and you're checking out the show, I think the ones you know I I would really highly recommend to check out are the one with Marie Holloway, uh, mother of Kyle Larry, and of course um, the the episode you did with Sue Danforth, who is yes. the mom of Fred Van Vliet. Both of those were fantastic listens. Obviously, those are two very beloved Raptors, two champions as well. Let's start with the with Kyle's mom. What was your favorite part of the interview w- with with her in particular? Well, a couple. So for me, um, it was when she spoke about um, the championship and how the team allowed him to hoist the trophy first. And she said it made her cry because it just really made her see the respect that the team really had for Kyle and just allowing him to take his moment and just really just love on that trophy that they all worked so hard together for, but they just stood back and allowed them, um, they allowed him, you know what I mean? To have his moment and it was just bittersweet for her. So that part really touched my heart when, when, uh, when she said it, um, Another thing for me was when she said at the beginning of all of this whole basketball career, she was leaning on her son, Lonnie, because she didn't understand the basketball world. And that's important as a parent, because you don't know where to go. Sometimes things hit you overwhelmingly and people say, hey, your son or daughter has so much talent. And you know that they're really good at this sport, but sometimes you don't really see the level. And this could be for any parent. Um, so she was blessed that she had her son that was like, no, mom, I got this. I'm going to help you. And we're going to do this together. So he was serving to her as a resource. And she would quoted him to be like one of the most basketball, you know what I mean? For her, like the most person that has the most basketball knowledge in her world. And that really helped her. So for me as a mom, I, I could appreciate that because I didn't know where to go or who to turn to or who to trust. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, I, I mean, this is probably the case for any person uh, mm-hmm. and every person, but especially for athletes, like, you know, the person that you see on the court, the person you see on the jersey is like um, almost a tip of the iceberg in a way. There's so many people that go into supporting that person. And obviously, the you know, the most important people are usually the parents, usually the moms in particular. And um, I think that's part of why this is such a great experience, because I think you get to really get a sense into like what goes into not just making a basketball player, not making like a successful NBA player, but like making a person as well. And I think that's always very heartwarming to listen to. Um, and, you know, I think that's one of the th- subjects that you, you know, you broached into with, 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 with Sue, um, Fred's mom as well, is just sort of listening to stories about like how they grew up, you know, their family as they grew up. And I think once you learn some of these stories, right, like you get a better understanding of the people that you see in front of you and it makes you appreciate them more. What are some of your favorites from your, 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 your talk with Sue? I loved when she talked about the fact that they knew and understood that he wasn't highly recruited at the time, but his determination and her support to get him and help him was just like, for me, it's like every mom's dream. Like, you know what I mean? Like you, you push Mm -hmm. your kid, you know, okay, you're ranked here, but you want to be there. What do we have to do as a family to get you where you need to be? And his motto bet on yourself it just speaks to everything because like my son, he went undrafted. So Mm. 
he knew that could have been a possibility. And there's nothing worse than when you're sitting there for a very, very long time um, and just waiting and waiting and waiting for your child's name to get called and it never happens. So for me, it resonated very closely to me because we both had the same situation where your son is in a position and you really want them to get where they want to be and it doesn't happen. Yeah, I think I was listening to another episode where you were detailing uh, your your draft night with Cam. And I think you said that, you know, at a certain point in the middle of the draft, at the second round, you're like, you know what, it's probably better to go undrafted. You know, team doesn't hold your rights. You know, you have more opportunities to go here and there. Um, but then there was this thought that the Raptors might come in and mm-hmm. use the second round pick. I think it was 50 something, the 50 52. range. 52. <laughs> Yeah, so Raptors organization, this is your chance to apologize. How would you, you know, we, think of how good the Raptors could have been if we had Ken this whole time. <laughs> no, but seriously, though, what was draft like, uh, night like, obviously, emotionally? That was, that must have been such a roller coaster to see, you know, your son in such a public moment at that time. It really was tough um, because here he was coming out of UNLV and Ken was the player. You know what I mean? He was highly ranked at the time. He was doing really, really well for UNLV. However, now when it came draft time, they were saying, you know, Cam, maybe, but this is only after the fact, maybe you might mm-hmm. want to take another year in school. But by that point, it was a little bit too late. And there was just so much going on. And Cam was like, you know what? I'm just going to take my chances and go because I, I know my talent and I understand um, what I can and cannot do for the NBA. So all I need is an opportunity and let me do this. So when he went undrafted now, for him, it was really devastating because now I'm just seeing him feeling very defeated. Um, So yeah, it it was upsetting at the beginning, but then we sat there and I'm like, okay, listen, you do understand this isn't the end. There's other platforms that you can play on. Of course, for him, he just wanted to hear NBA. So then I kept saying, well, it doesn't mean that you can't play NBA later, you're just going to have to take a different route to get to the NBA. So it doesn't mean it's never, ever, ever going to come. So I think after that conversation, you know what I mean? He was just like, okay, yeah, I'm going to get up. There's no point me being more and more upset about it. Let me just push myself. And what do we do? And that's exactly what he did. He went to summer league. He really pushed himself. Um, He played with with various teams, Brooklyn Nets, um, Washington Wizards, um, Miami Heat. Miami Heat picked him up, but then they waived him in um, October and then sent him to the G League, which he understood was a place for him to develop. So he was okay with it. But after Mm -hmm. a year, after a season, he was like, I just want to do something better and or different. And he ended up going overseas. So all that to say draft night was uh, it was was devastating at first. But in the end, we understood that there's just another path that we're going to have to find for him to get to where he is now. Yeah, I mean, for sure. And, and, you know, I think going overseas and then coming back, that, that's always the concern, right? Was that a worry for you? Like, you know, because we've seen a lot of athletes, you know, go overseas because their initial opportunities in the NBA weren't fully there. Obviously, everyone's dreaming to go to the NBA. But then that journey back is so difficult. Like, can you take me through what you went through as a mom and also what Ken went through as a, as a player in that, in that process? Oh, for sure. So for him, he went to Turkey the first place and it was scary for me because I was always just a little plane right away, a short time span. We're right. Turkey now. I'm you're you're the other side of the world here. So there is not I'll be there in an hour. You know what I mean? There are to be there yeah, in two. Exactly. It was like, hold on a second now. There's a whole other process to get to you should you need something. Um but I understood and he understood this is what is this is what is required. So he liked it there. And he kept saying, it's a beautiful place to be. But there were times where he was just uncomfortable um, because he thought that he was just going to be stuck there uh, because right, he didn't. Right. Now he's not around. Um, he's not in North America. You know what I mean? So he's not hearing really about the opportunities that he heard about when he was in the U.S. or in Canada. Now you hear nothing. It's just you're in Turkey. You're playing with this league and you know what I mean? Just make it great and be the best you can be. So he did at the beginning of his um, uh, his contract in Turkey feel that he was going to be in Europe for years to come. Then he got the opportunity after to go to Greece and that for him just blew him away because now he was really excited. And I remember him saying to me, 
um, when Olympiacos signed him, he says, mom, I'm actually going to make my first million. And I thought it was so bittersweet for him. You know what I mean? He sent me pictures. He was mm-hmm. signing his contract. He had a two-year contract. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. But then after year one, that's when the magic called. But it just comes to show like okay. your determination. You know what I mean? You just, just like, like Fred says, bet on yourself. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, um, obviously I think it's easier to say this in retrospect, but like, do you think he got something from that experience of like, grinding his way through overseas, getting that experience, maybe even playing that international style of basketball. And I mean, maybe people aren't as familiar, but Olympiacos is a big club. It's a really, really big deal. Absolutely. Right. And he did well there too, as well. Um, He did. I'm not going to pretend like I watched the Olympiacos, you know, games, but I'm looking up the numbers. They're looking pretty good. (laughs) Kem did very well in Olympiacos and he did very well in Turkey as well. I mean, but for him, he's still, you know, Kem is that player that he's going to play his best no matter where he's at. And Mm -hmm. he always says that he feels blessed that he had that opportunity because it was completely different than what he learned when he was in North America. Just the style of play is different. So he did learn other ways to play. He did learn new moves, as we would say, and we would laugh about it. And it helped him mature as well as a player. Mm -hmm. So looking back at his experiences, they're not there were devastating experiences. They're actually blessings because it helped him now develop more and helped him get to the NBA, which is where he wanted to be in the first place. Um, can you take me through? So how, how did he get from Olympiacos to Orlando um, and then eventually, you know, really established himself as an NBA player through Orlando? That was a, a decision. Um, I remember Kem getting a phone call and asking, if he wanted to, because now don't forget, he had a two-year contract in Greece. Mm. Now he had to either leave Greece and go to the Magic with no guarantees or stay for, and finish his year off with Greece. He's guaranteed right. that money, but who knows if the NBA will come knocking again. So he decided, like, all in all faith, I'm going to leave and I'm going to try my luck because obviously he felt the magic saw something in him in him for them to even call in the first place. And that's exactly what he did. And he will never look back at it and and feel sorry for his decision. Scary decision, because at the end of the day, it's very scary. Yeah, yeah, it's his livelihood, right? You know what I mean? So if he would have come in, the magic would have said, thank you very much. And no, what would he have done? He would have had to now mm-hmm. go back with his agent at the time and say, okay, now we have to find another contract, which we know he would have had a contract, but still, it's still right. hard when you're leaving something to go to something new and you have no idea what it is. But and all in good faith, Kim said, no, I'm ready. And he went. Yeah. And I think, you know, Orlando was good for him. I think there was mm-hmm. like, I, I was in a lot of these um, Zoom calls with, with Kim after he became a Raptor. And there were a lot of conversations about like, you know, what did Toronto allow you to do that Orlando didn't allow you to do? And I think maybe that the subtext of that was sort of just like, you know, what is what is Toronto doing better for you? Which I'm sure there were a lot more things and we could talk about that oh, as well. Sure. But I think Orlando gave him some great opportunities there. I think, you know, there was a role there. I think Steve Clifford really liked him, yeah, um, especially for his defense. And, um, and you know, uh, unfortunately, Orlando kind of went in a different direction and they, it seems like they're rebuilding and they were good to let Kim go. And I think, you know, based on what he said, this is a dream for him to play for the Raptors. So um, for you, was that a dream for you as well to see your son on the Raptors? Oh, absolutely. Um, First, it was a dream for me to see him play in the NBA because that's what he really wanted. Mm -hmm. But now to go to our country's team, I mean, he was playing Team Canada, but now you're playing for the, you know, I mean, our country's NBA team, that's, that's totally different. I mean, we used to watch the Raptors when he was younger. He used to watch it with his dad all the time. And, you know, I mean, I'm back in Vince Carter and Tracy McGrady days. And, right. and that was so, you know, I mean, that was awesome back then. You never would have thought, or we never, ever would have thought, first of all, Kevin would be in the NBA then. And then second of all, never thought that, you know what, he'd be wearing this uniform later on in life like that just mm-hmm. never came in our in our think abouts so for me as a canadian absolutely i'm so proud and plus as i've always followed the raptors regardless of where kem was i mean when kem was overseas i was a raptors fan when kem came back and uh-huh. he's um playing with the magic i was still a raptors fan so i <laughs> <laughs> right. 
That's good to um, know. That's no, that's yeah, good to yeah, hear. Yeah. I like this. Yeah, I, like this. I, I used to go to the I used to go to, of course, Kem's games. And when he would play oh. the Raptors, it would be so funny because we'd be like, okay, clap really low for the Raptors. <laughs> right. And just scream for the magic, you know? <laughs> but you know what? We were just like, when we used to go with the family and friends, like 20, 20 deep, we'd be okay. like standing okay. up and screaming for the entire game anyway, just because we were so blessed to be there because we're like, yeah, Raptors, mm-hmm. you know, Canada. And then yeah, magic cam. And now moving forward, you know what I mean? Yeah. Knock on wood, all goes well. It's going to be the same. Now we're going to be 60 deep. <laughs> good. Good. No, that's no, I, I'm looking forward to it. Honestly, we need is like, yeah, hopefully everything is like all good with the border and everything like that. And you know, that's really outside the Raptors control and things like this, but, uh, no, I think that's going to be great. And I think, um, you know, one thing I've, I've heard you say many times now is sort of like that 2019 experience, obviously the Raptors played Orlando in the first round. I got to say, Ken was pretty good. I got to say the, yes. the, the Magic bench played the Raptors bench pretty good. Pretty good, I have to say. But um, yeah, I mean, obviously this is going to be a decision he makes in the offseason. And I think he's basically essentially said it himself. You know, free agencies, you just never know. So you don't want yeah. to speak too much, but it seems like he loves this opportunity here and he seems like he has a special connection with coach nurse. Am I, am I reading that right? You are reading it spot on. So he really respects um, coach nurse. Um, And this goes back from when he played for him, team Canada. And he always said, coach nurse always allows me just to be me. And he allows me to exercise my talent and just to see what I can do on the court. And what I don't know, I'm going to learn. And he gives me that that time to learn or he shows me. So for him, he doesn't feel as micromanaged as he had quoted. Um, okay. You know what I mean? On the court, he felt like, okay, you know what, Kim, you, we respect your talent. Let's see it. Show us what you can do now. And it sort of goes back to what it was like in UNLV days. When I when I watch Kem play now, I'm like, wow, Kem is like really in his element. He's out there. He's doing his thing. He's doing what he um, knows to do best, right? It's not an overnight thing that he learned how to shoot or to do all these wonderful things. Now, don't get me wrong. He had a role with the magic and he fit the role mm-hmm. perfect. At one point, though, he was like, you know what? I want to just do more than this role. I don't want to be just that screener. I want to be able to score. I want to do more things. And at one point, this is, well, now he's with the Raptors. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. in the end, that, that's, that was what he needed and that's what he wanted. Yeah, and I think it was um, maybe surprising to us. Obviously, you've watched them closer than anyone in, 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 in his life. But I think to even just like people who watch the NBA a lot, like I think a lot of people were surprised with how much Ken was able to expand his game. And it was like yeah. first few games and it was like, wow, they keep finding him on the roll. And even if the third guy steps up, he's making all these great passes on the move. It's like, but you know, his assist numbers in Orlando were low and it's like, the, mm-hmm. what is always there? And it was sort of like a feeling of, because it was new, it was sort of like, you know, you never know, maybe this is some sort of temporary thing, but I think he really showed in his two months, you know, with the Raptors at the end of the season, it's just like, he kind of has chemistry with pretty much everybody, right? Obviously with yeah. Kyle, you know, he's a great yeah. passer, great point guard, but he had chemistry with Pascal, with OG, with, with Fred, with Malachi, yeah. like, and, and when you have chemistry with everybody, that's when you know you're a really good player. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so I'm, I'm thrilled as a Raptor fan and as someone covering the team to, to that Kem is on the team. And obviously I'm hoping that relationship continues, but I wanted to go back to this, this point about, so his connection with, with coach nurse, um, 2019, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I'll have to say, like, that 2019 um, squad that went to represent Canada in, um, in, in China and for the World Cup, it didn't have a lot of NBA players. Right. And, and Ken was one of the ones who really took the opportunity and ran with it and stuck it out, even when a lot of other names pulled out. What was the reason that what, – what, what really drove him to commit to that opportunity when other people um, – I wouldn't say – turn it aside because people have their own situations, but other people didn't take that same chance. Well, Kemp's played with team Canada, I think since he was maybe 13, 14. So mm-hmm. for him, he, he took pride and still does in playing for his country. And just as much as he wanted to play in the NBA is just as much as he wants to play in the Olympics. 
So mm-hmm. he kept saying, mom, that that's just where I, this is what I want to do. I need to add that to my bucket list. And right. for him, he has so much respect for the country. And he was like, you know what? I don't want to drop out. If I don't have to, then I won't. And I'm never going to. So Kim always wants to put Canada first somewhere. You know what I mean? It's been a long time since the men's um, team has been playing in the Olympics. And he says, you know, I really want to push as much as I can. And hopefully my efforts will mean something. And we're blessed that, you know, the opportunity is coming up again this year and just hoping that all the players are healthy and able to do it because it's a dream for our country to, you know what I mean, to play in the Olympics. So hopefully that that will work because and, and for him, it's, it's really heartfelt. It always was. Right, for sure. Um, and I, I think like Kem was a good example of someone who, you know, maybe other players can sort of see that experience that he had and, and, and see it as one more reason to play in these terms. Obviously, the situation is going to be different contracts. You never really know what these situations, some yeah. teams might push players away. So I, I really hate this idea of like always blaming the players for like not showing up to Team Ken or whatever. Right. But I do think that like, you know, Ken's experience of 2019 was a real nice showcase as to like, you know, he got to showcase a lot of what he's doing right now with the Raptors in, yeah. in that expanded role in in China in 2019. And so I think, of course, the connection with, with Coach Nurse has really helped on that front as well. But um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I mean, it's going to be, look, it's going to be in Canada. We have the tournament. Yes. We just got to beat Greece and Turkey and, <laughs> and Czech Republic. Like, come on, we could do that. I don't, I don't even think Giannis is playing. You know, we, we can just, do it. Canada can do it. It is our time. It, it really is. Yeah. And just to go back to what you were saying about people um, blaming the players for their reasons, not the play. Like they you really don't know. Um, there could be exactly. millions of reasons. It could be health reasons, family reasons, free agency reasons. Sometimes mm-hmm. they're scared to play because they figure, hold on a second, free agency is coming up. I can't get injured or I can't miss out on tons of reasons. You know what I mean? They want to, I have to stay healthy. Um, it's people say sometimes, and I'm just bringing this up because someone said it to me yesterday, why would players want to play team USA or for any country because they're not getting paid for it. And I was like, I don't really think it has anything to do with the money. It really has to do with really playing for your country. And a lot of players want to do it, but sometimes there's a lot of circumstances that don't allow them to do it. So I don't think it's because it's not important because who wouldn't want to play for their country? Just sometimes you just can't. Exactly. I mean, that, that is most of what they're getting from it is like the experience of playing, obviously, with a lot of guys, right, that you probably play with coming up over the years, I'm sure, like, you yeah. know, under... 16 under 17 under 13 like these yeah. they uh, pro- i'm sure a lot of these players know each other and oh, yeah. want to have those same experiences again oh, with yeah. that group of guys but they're of course they're not getting paid and we're talking about people who usually get paid <laughs> millions you. of dollars to play <laughs> basketball so it's very hard to just be like hey you want to work for free but uh, and for so long it's not like it's a week long yeah i know well they had to go to australia and then that was like mm-hmm. a few weeks and then they went to yep. china for a few weeks and they come back and of course i was like right pressed up into training camp i mean it's yeah. a lot it's a big commitment so and I, when I they went to australia and when they went to australia it was winter <laughs> which i oh that's right yeah it was a winter camp was like it's cold trip. here yes he was like what it's freezing here and i laughed like freezing he was yeah it's their winter i'm like really so it was just funny you know what I mean? it was completely opposite we're thinking mm-hmm. oh you're in australia it's hot no it was so cold so no that's uh yeah i mean I, I, again i just i i think we should really like really celebrate people who definitely choose to go um For sure. and i think that that's definitely an extra point there uh, and i'm looking forward to seeing cam first on the raptors and um on team canada i know yeah. i'm not gonna ask you to commit because you are you are not cam and that would be fair but uh, i mean i just think personally i would very much like to see him and I hope to see him as well. Um, I would too. And this year, well, exactly. And um, this year as, as with the Raptors, um, is there is there something from this experience that, you know, obviously you haven't been able to, well, I don't know if you have been able to actually, but um, is has there been any sort of experiences dealing with the Raptors organization that has really stood out to you in this short amount of time? I know they really put an emphasis on celebrating family and trying to really yes. include people and makes a lot of space for people. And, and so I, I want to ask you about your experience dealing with the Raptors organization sort of behind the scenes so far. 
fantastic. They're so kind. They reached out to me. Hey, do you need anything? Or ask me a bunch of questions. And I, you know what I mean? And such a, what I loved was the communication and the dialogue. It was, it's always there. I know mm-hmm. I can pick up the phone and say, Hey, I have a question about this. Do you think you can help mm-hmm. me or help Cam? And they're there. They're there. And it's never just one person. Now I have like five, six, seven people that I know that I can call and just ask for help. Oh, from... come on. You, you, you got to shout them out. You got to shout them out. Who are you dealing with? Okay. So, <laughs> well, there is Courtney Charles. Love, right. love, love, Courtney. Amen. Thank you so much. Um, Ray Marie. I don't remember her last name. Fantastic. Jen Taylor. Alex Orbach. I believe that's how you pronounce his last name. He was helping me with vaccination, um, which is important because in Canada, we have to wait so long um, to get vaccinated. We're in the U.S. It's three weeks. So I came. I'm actually in the U.S. right now. I mean, I'm actually in Orlando in Kim's house and I'm fully vaccinated. So they assisted with that. Wow. Like I, yeah, because Kim said to me, hey, you know, I can get my family can get vaccinated. And I said, how does this work? Well, I called Courtney and I'm here. So <laughs> he, right. yeah. So and, but, and all that to say, um, I know that I could just call anybody. Um, I actually reached out to to coach nurse and I said to him, I just want to tell you, thank you for mm-hmm. you know what I mean making Kim feel comfortable yet again you know what I mean because I had reached out to him well we had spoken uh during the whole um uh sorry Olympics uh, it's not the Olympics uh when they were in Australia um before Team Canada so when he came back I had sent a message saying hey thank you for that video that they showed um, when the magic played against the Raptors. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Show the mm-hmm. team Canada highlights. So I contacted MLSE and, and said, thank you. And then in comes Nick nurse. And he was saying, Hey, I just want to let you know that Cam is a great person. You know what I mean? He's, he's, he's likable. And I liked coaching him mm-hmm. team Canada. So now, you, you know, two years later, he's a Raptor. So I reached out again. And I was like, I just want to say thank you because your words mean so much to my son. And he was like, yeah worries so it's just nice you know what i mean and for me the raptors are the, the organization's fantastic so i thank them all and if i forgot anybody well i'm sorry but you're fantastic too <laughs> no that's great to hear and I, I hope everybody's in toronto next year we can all be in the building i know you know very jealous okay because the media room in in the in scotia bank is just down the hall from like this big room that they have for the families of the players okay and the media room very unglamorous. All right. I'm, I'm, there's nothing against the Raptors. Every media room is unglamorous. Nobody likes the media. <laughs> but um, no, but I, I do know the family members right there. And I'm sure like, you know, I mean, I hope you get to enjoy all the facilities and all the experiences and everything like that. I'm sure, Again, I know the Raptors are, they're, they're, they're top notch with this stuff. Um, Ooh, I hope so too. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll see you at the arena next year. Obviously, now that you're fully vaccinated, Canada yeah. should be fully vaccinated by then. So, uh yeah, we'll see. But um, yes, get yeah, the Canadians just, back. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, I, and I just wanted to ask you just a few more questions. Not about Cam, because sure. look, listen, it's not just about your kids. Okay. It's about the people who made the kids. It's about the I people agree. who made the people <laughs> that you see. And again, that's, I think that's something that's so cool about your podcast is like, you. you know, I think right now there's like this is, I mean, it's a little bit late, but it's at least it's happening. There's this bigger push to put women's voices on, which I think is fantastic. And I think, you know, one, one part of that is just, you know, um, the, the mother's perspective. It's so unique, especially when you hear that part of it behind the scenes. Because I think, again, like I mentioned earlier, you get to hear about sort of what went into it. So I want to ask you some things about sort of what went into raising um, Kem. And I, I was listening to a few episodes. And one thing you keep mentioning is sort of like giving your kid, your son, that confidence to do things, to, to try things. You know, I think you were pushing him to try things on the basketball floor that, you know, eventually he did ultimately try. Um, how much is giving your kid confidence a part of parenting? Everything. So I don't know if you've noticed, whenever you hear Cam talk, whenever he does interviews, Cam always says confidence. He always uses that word. He always says, yeah, you know, I played today, you know, but you know what? People don't think I'm a threat, but you know, I'm getting more confidence. And I always tell him, stop saying that because you do have that confidence. Stop making yourself think that you don't. And that is something that I used to instill in him 
as a kid because he never wanted to play basketball at the beginning, right? So when he started to play, I was like, wait a minute, you actually have talent here. And I'm not that mom that just sits there and says, your kid is great at something and they're really not. You know what I mean? I'm that mom mm, that would, okay, right. you have this talent. Let's exercise it. Let's, let's make you better at it if you want to push it and you know, move it forward and use it as a career someday. Um, I didn't understand at the time, really, that basketball could be a career. To me, I would turn on the NBA, it's entertainment, and I would shut off the TV and go about my business. I didn't realize that. Right. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, wait a minute. Hey, hey, hold on, you know what I mean? <laughs> so for me, um, looking back, I was always instilling him uh, that, that confidence in him and saying, Cam, you're very good. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise and stop making you believe otherwise. Like you're great. And not because you're six foot, whatever you were at the time, you're great because you have good coordination. You understand the game. You're pretty smart. You know what I mean? You understand what coaches need. Kem is that kid that would ask, Hey coach, what do you need me to do on the court today? He's not that, Mm. Oh, I'm really good. I'm the, you know what I mean? I'm the star and I'm going to do what I want to do. You know what I mean? Kem is not that person. So for me, it was just always important for him to use your ears before you use your mouth, listen to what they need first and then go out and give it to them and deliver. And that's just how it always was. That's very smart. And I got to say, um, I was talking to my friend, Katie, who interviewed you for, um, for, for a story on dime, which was really great. And I did a lot of research, just uh, reading her story and it was great. And she's awesome. Um, she, she wanted me to ask more about your playing career too. Cause I wanted to know how much game you gave Kim. Cause apparently you also played don't underplay your own skills. Okay. Just cause your son's in the NBA, you know, I'm sure you had game too, or maybe you still have game. I taught him everything. No, I don't have any game no more. Believe you me. Oh my God. No, 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 no. So yeah, I'll start backwards and go and you'll have to laugh at me, but I started okay. playing again. I think it was 2014, which was hilarious. Um, I was at a gym with my youngest son and he was playing basketball and they said, Oh, we want to have a pickup team with women you used to play. Come on. When do you go? I'm like, all right, I, I'm a guard. I'll ball. Okay. All that to say, yeah, whatever. Within two weeks, I went to Vegas to see Kim play a tournament and I was on crutches. So (laughs) so. what? Oh no. And I was so mad. I was like, oh, and they were laughing at me saying that they're going to bling my, they're going to give me a cane and bling it (laughs) so I could bring it to Vegas with me. So, but I did play basketball. I think I was maybe 10 when I started um, and I played all the way to college. Um, I was a point guard loved 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 the sport i really Mm -hmm. truly did it was everything to me i mean basketball was life um it was the one thing that i knew that i could do but i didn't think professional because at the time in montreal there wasn't really you didn't hear of professional women's team wnba you never heard of that so i Mm -hmm. just for me it was i'm gonna play in montreal and be the best i can be and then I was pregnant with Kem. And for me, everything else just was, nah, it's all about Kem. Yeah. So- <laughs> this is this is what I asked. That's what my mom says, too. It's just like, you know, I had you and then my life, you know, had to take a backseat. And I'm like, I'm so sorry, mom. But she's yeah. like, no, it's great. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> but also but you yeah. owe me. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, 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 pretty much. Pretty much. I tell Kem all the time. I'm like, yeah, whatever. I'm like, you're welcome. You know? <laughs> No, but for me, basketball, oh, exactly. yeah, yeah, I talk about, yeah, you're welcome, Kim. But basketball for me was really important. And, and you know what? I'm proud that I was really, really good at it. I really was. Um, mm. And then later on in life, I just moved on to play softball. And I'm just a, a mean pitcher. But <laughs> that came later on. Hey, that's, that's not bad. So so even as a basketball, did you push him to, but you didn't specifically push him to basketball. You, you weren't like a LeVar Ball type parent. You're like, when you're, when you're envisioning having children, you're like, all right, I need to have these situations all set up for him and this is his life goal and from a baby they're gonna have a ball in their hands you know it wasn't like that for you it was sort of just like let my kid grow and then eventually it's like okay you're you're pretty good at basketball too maybe you should uh, maybe you should do it for a living you know what you're absolutely right for me it was just oh he's good at this let's see what can come out of it it wasn't like okay you're gonna be fantastic because you know you need to get to school you know (laughs) it's because a lot of parents would you know what I mean in Canada or for us it's different you know what I mean? I was like, okay, you're going to go to Dawson College or Vanier College in Montreal, and you end up at McGill and Concordia. Right. You know what I mean? We're not spending twenty five and thirty five thousand dollars a year. It was just mm-hmm. whatever the you know what I mean, whatever the price was at the time, and we kept it moving. It wasn't 
you know what I mean? I didn't think beyond that then until he started playing NCAA. And I was like, oh, wait, hold on. <laughs> now I'm like, play your best because you need a scholarship, man. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, the, the pressure is really on, man. Before it's yeah. like, all right, just make sure, make sure you get at least 80 in your marks. You can go to most schools, you know, yeah, you know, get a scholarship. Yeah. So Yeah, I used no, to call him. Uh, did you do your homework? Did you do your homework? Because yeah, you need to stay there. <laughs> so you need a scholarship. You need to stay there. Yeah. I can't keep you there. You need to keep you there. Oh yeah. Do you need help? <laughs> I made sure his homework oh. was on point. <laughs> no, 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 those are the, those are the best parents. Like my, my dad somehow still knows like most of like calculus and math. And I'm like, dad, how do you still know this? You don't use this in your everyday job or anything like that. But um <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I think that's probably, obviously I don't have kids, but it's what I imagine being a parent is like, it's just, you know, whatever your kid needs, stepping it up and, uh, and providing. And, and speaking of which, I think obviously one thing that everybody knows about, um, you know, sporting parents, you know, parents of athletes, is like, you're just committed to using most of your time to driving on long road trips, flying on long road trips. Mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe even taking trains or something like that. I, I, I don't imagine that happens, but maybe, um, <laughs> Do you have like a, a favorite road trip memory that you have? Obviously, probably driving seven, eight hours to like Maine or something to, to get Kem to play at an AAU tournament or something like that. Okay. First of all, every game was a away game for us. <laughs> it was so- <laughs> well, they weren't coming to Montreal. <laughs> Let me tell you, he played AAU games in Montreal. He did. But then after that, okay. he started playing um, for a team in Rhode Island. So every game was an away game. So every oh, road trip was six, seven, eight, nine hours. And I remember they would call me and say, hey, um, so we have a tournament this weekend. And when he came to play, and I'm like, this weekend? They're like, yeah. So the game's tomorrow at 10. Okay. And I would literally be at work like, are they kidding me? And just get my purse and leave and go get Kem at school. And he'd be like, where are we going? Oh get God. in the car. And we'd be running. And I was like, and yeah. And then 10 hours on the road going God knows where, driving um, in the dark, driving in fog. In the dark? <laughs> in the dark. Yeah. Uh, crying because oh, wow. I can't see, don't know where I am. And there was no GPS oh, back God. then. I used to print the directions and oh, highlight God. them so I could see them in the dark. And oh, MapQuest? map oh my god yes map quest it's awful i, I how do thank we you. live how do we live before google maps i don't understand <laughs> thank you thank you so yeah. yeah and i mean it was it was a lot you know i had to go to work and i had to print it so nobody can see it and then go get a highlighter and oh my goodness and then yeah. i would be like okay cam hold this up oh please can we be sleeping so are there any favorite road trips probably not <laughs> cam would be that kid that would get into the car and within five minutes he is out like oh, I would literally sing my way through the U.S. I would sing my way through Canada's. Oh yeah, because Ken would be sleeping and just get up when it's time to use the washroom or eat, and that is it. And how many? How far, Mom? How 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 many? Uh, how many more hours to where we're going? And I'd be like, I don't know, five. Oh my God, he'd complain like he was awake. <laughs> and then he'd go back know, to sleep. This, uh, damn. Yeah. Yeah. Was, I, now I now I feel self conscious as, as 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 an ungrateful child. Well, that's it. That's it. And back then, it's not like I could talk to people because at the time it was too expensive for me to talk to somebody. You know what I mean? Through the car while I was on my way. Are you kidding me? So it was just all about listening yeah. to the radio and singing and trying to get in whatever station I could. Yeah, it was pretty boring. Yeah, <laughs> pretty uneventful. Yeah, I was gonna say that's uh that's tough. Um, was there like one specific tournament that you you went to that really got people to, that that maybe Kem really you know opened some eyes or it was particularly memorable or he had like a seventy point game or something like that? You, you never know. You <laughs> stories are weird. You know what? All of his tournaments were memorable, and the reason why I say that is I remember having conversation with Kem, and I say this all the time um, because again, Kem didn't really want to play. Because he didn't mm. have that, like we were saying before, confidence. And he, I said, come on, Cam. I said, don't worry. You're going to be great. And he would say, if I'm not great or something happens, I'm going to get so mad at you. I said, okay, whatever. He never got mad at me. So we laugh about it now. And I'm like, see, you never got mad. You were great. So mm. every tournament we went to, he always stood out. He was always that player that the coaches and the team depended on because Kem is a team player. He really is. He just loves on everybody on the team. He's not that guy that he'll, he'll never sit there and say, it's all about me. Never. 
I remember mm-hmm. Kim playing on an AAU team and they were driving to Florida and another team they were merging with were flying. And they said, well, you know what? We're going to give Kim a plane ticket. And Kim refused. He said, no, I'm wow. going to drive with my players. He says, I'm good. And he drove and complained all the way to Florida because it was like 23 hours. <laughs> but <laughs> but that's just, yeah, he complained the whole way. But for him, it was just the fact that he was with them. So, mm. and it's so funny because sometimes when I speak to the coaches, they always say, Wow, we have memorable moments with Ken, but they won't tell me. <laughs> All right, well, you got you, you got to, you got to get them on the podcast, and then and then you know what? People really do tell the truth on a podcast, so that's what you got to do. You got to get so them on and, and, and grill them. Um, uh, I want to ask this too, um, even though I've heard you answer it, but I, I think this is an important question to ask. Like, from as a parent, you know, obviously your son is a very very public person, and there's a lot of conversation around him and his performances, just as with any athlete, how hard is it to maybe resist seeing that conversation, resist joining in? Because you know how people are online. People are very unreasonable, especially when they watch sports, especially once a bunch of angry dudes watching sports, you know, any, I don't imagine any Raptor fans are upset at Kim. One day it'll happen, but it hasn't happened yet. Right, because it comes for everybody. But were there any like anger Orlando magic fans? And, and honestly, it's just like, is it hard to sort of, um, to see that happen, you know, around someone who's so public? Of course it is. And it's funny because I talk to a lot of the moms about this and I always say to them, what do you do? Like, what, mm-hmm. what do you say? And some of the moms are like, I can't even go on social media because yeah, the, it'll be on. And some other moms are like, oh, I don't care. I actually do care, but I bite okay. my tongue a lot. So, mm-hmm. and I mentioned this yesterday and I didn't get in trouble, but the other day, um, <laughs> I laugh about this all the time. The Raptors made a post with Kem. To, Kem was wearing um, the Montreal Soccer Club jersey. Right. And the caption was awkward. And I knew it was a joke. I thought it was funny. But I replied, mm-hmm. well, how's it awkward? How, why can't he represent Montreal? And people... <laughs> took it as oh it's just a joke it's just a joke and I'm like I know I know I know and I laugh and I said maybe I should have put hearts and emojis and the laughter one I don't know in my quote and I was thinking lord I've become that mother I'm (laughs) I had made myself that mom that just couldn't keep quiet and one guy was like sheesh lady (laughs) oh my god and I was like okay he called me lady and then (laughs) And some other was like, relax, man. When people tell me relax, that just sets me over the uh, edge. It's, it's awful. Yeah. It's, it's but awful. I just... well, first off, why, why would you even be upset about it? You know, you're not some kind of like unreasonable person. Like you're just making a joke, you know, like, yeah, that's, that's the thing you can't. It's, it's hard. It's very hard making jokes on social media. Um, it is. And then someone said to me, it's just funny. He said, because you tagged the Raptors in it. <laughs> I said, it's not that I just replied. I don't Okay, First of all, I'm not a tweeter. Okay. I don't know what I'm doing. So it was just funny. And I'm like, it wasn't an attack against anybody. So mm-hmm. like I said yesterday, the day before, the day before that, I'm saying it today. It was no attack on anybody. So if I offended anybody, sorry, but I was just kidding. And I still wanted an answer to my question. Why is it awkward? <laughs> but anyway. Well, I mean, you know, it's, it's what, what can I say? It's a fire kit. Like the, the impact kit looks really good. The blue and black, it's, it's, uh, oh. it's, it's really not bad. Well, even yeah. funnier, they sent Cam a New Jersey. <laughs> Montreal club. Oh, it was hilarious. Came in the mail was the that... other day, <laughs> and I laughed and I was see it not it. Was it not the updated edition, or what, what, what happened? Yeah, yeah, it was. Oh, okay. So I thought it was hilarious. And then when Cam came back, I showed it to him. I was like, "You have to put this on and take a picture and put it on social media." And he's like, "Yeah, this is funny." So it's just all in and all in love, right? I mean, some people take it too far in other things when they say, "Oh, your kid sucks" or "Your kid's this," and I'm like, "You know what? Mm-hmm. That is where it just becomes rude." And yeah. there's just no need to attack an athlete because you don't know what they're going through. You have no idea emotionally or physically what a lot of players face day in and day out with that stress to be perfect. Mm-hmm. So for me, when I see those, I just get off. I just like, okay, never mind. And I skip it. And right, right. it's good if it's on Twitter because then I can never find it again because I'm the worst Twitter ever. <laughs> I can't tweet anyway. So. <laughs> I'll never probably see it again anyway, so it doesn't matter. But <laughs> for me, yeah, I told Cam the other day, I think I became that mom for one minute. And he's like, stay off, stay off of it, mom. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. No, I'm sure it's hard for the players too. And then like, you know, people go out of bounds. I'm not even gonna lie. I go out of bounds, you know, but yeah, sometimes you just like one, you watch them on TV and you're like, you know, and then you say something and you're like, this is stupid. Why did I say this? I don't know this yeah. person. I like this person, you know, yeah. but yeah. that's the nature of online discourse, I guess, unfortunately. Um, last question I was going to ask you just about um, this in particular was um, what advice do you, do you wish you had uh, earlier in your life as a parent? Because I know one of the goals of your podcast is you really want to give advice to other basketball parents, other sporting parents, you know, men and women, um, just about the experiences and sort of give them some some game and some experience and just some advice. Is there some general advice that you would have really liked to have early in your life as a parent? Absolutely. Um, to spend my time wisely and differently. Um, everything for me was such a rush. I'm that go, go, go person. Um, you know, two kids, one running to football, one basketball, you know what I mean? You had Boy Scouts, you had church, you had all kinds of activities. Um, so I never had that time to really stop and decompress and say, okay, right, right. hold on one second. Let's just make a little bit of sense of this because you're going so quickly and you don't really realize where you're going. So with Cam, when he um, started playing basketball, um, I wish I had a little bit more time to sit there and really make that path. My other son, uh, Dre, he played football. So with them meshing together, I'm like, okay, one has to go to a private school. One, another one has to go to private school for basketball, one's for football. Okay. And it was a lot. So I just wish I had more time that, you know what I mean? That, that 25th hour, maybe in a day. So just, just so that I mm, could, right. you know what I mean? Just really reflect and say, okay, guys, you, you're going to go here. You, you're going to go there without it being a rush. Cause to me, time is everything. Right. So I always say people don't waste it. You know, every minute of the time that you waste, you can't get back. So use what you're doing in the best effective way that you can. And this is something that now I live, live by, especially with my show. You know, maybe I'm talking Mm -hmm. to these moms, you know what I mean? I have what, 45 minutes to an hour with this lady. I got to ask, you know what I mean? I could use this time to ask the best questions because there's fans out there that want to know so much. So for me, time is everything and everything that we do in life. That's, that's, that's great advice. And um, yeah, I mean, it's something my mom says to me too. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I just spent all my life to take care of you and all this other stuff and running yeah. my own stuff. And I'm like, I, now I have all this, now I'm like 50 and I got to figure out all this time. And I'm like, you know, I'm sorry, mom. I, you know, I, I hope uh, I take that lesson when I'm a, a parent. Um, I want to ask you awesome. two more questions, both about sure. Montreal. I think yeah. number one, I want to ask about basketball in Montreal. So obviously like, we had this great game uh, earlier this season, Raptors, OKC. Um, yes. You got Lou Dort on one end, who was, I mean, man, he had like 25, I think, in the first quarter. Yes, he, was, yes. he was going off. He was on fire. And then you got, yeah, and then you got Chris on the other end, matching him shot for shot, okay? And then you got Kem in the middle, you know, just in between the whole thing. And it was such a great event. Obviously, on, nice. on the broadcast, they shouted Montreal so many times. The 514, it was like continuous. I thought they were talking about a streetcar in Toronto. Um, <laughs> but but, awesome. um, but yeah, I mean, just line. like. How, how, yeah, seriously. Um, but like, how, where did all this talent in Montreal come from? Like, has this always been the scene? Obviously, you said you played a lot in Montreal as well. Um, you know, you know, uh, is, is this a scene that's always been there and it's finally having its moment now? Absolutely. Basketball, um, such a great, great sport. And there's so much talent in Montreal. Um, it was always there. The difference is that there wasn't a lot of scouts just say, um, when Kem played or even when I played. So mm-hmm. there really wasn't any direction. It was like, okay, you're playing high school, then you're going to play college, then you'll play university. And then there was an adult league somewhere that you could find to play. And that's pretty much it. Or that was right. the click that I learned. So like I was saying, when you're watching NCAA on TV, never once do you think, you know, a Montreal kid could be there because right. you know what I mean? It's, they weren't. So that, that, that means something. Um, now, whole other spectrum. Now we have players that are opening doors. We're opening doors right. now, or they're opening doors for the city. They're opening doors for the amateurs that are there that have talent. Um, you know what I mean? It, it's, it was, it's nothing new. Montreal always had great, great, great players. It's just a direction that they were coached to go to or shown is what was lacking in the past so now it's like you can go get a scholarship 
and play mm -hmm. and possibly make it on a professional platform, if you will. Mm -hmm. And that to me, I appreciate because it's just so different now than it was just say 10 years ago. And I remember Kim, um, he went to visit Providence um, okay. as one of the schools. And I remember someone was um, interviewing him and saying, how was your visit at school, et cetera. And I remember Kim saying, you know what? You never know. Maybe I'll choose Providence, he says, or maybe some other kid from Montreal will be here one day. And he says, at the end of the day, I'm going to do what I can do to bring Montreal on the map again. I'll never forget him saying that because I was like, huh, okay. Well, he recognizes that, you know what I mean? Some of the players that he played with on his team or played against on other teams in Montreal were great, great players. They just didn't have the same opportunity that he had. But it doesn't mean that they're not fantastic players, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I will say this for Montreal, though. I think, obviously, like, Toronto, the GTA region, obviously produced so many players. Back-to-back yeah. -back number one overall picks. The one thing I will say with the Montreal thing is that NBA teams need to send more t scouts to Montreal and Quebec in general yeah. because there is talent there, and we're seeing with Lou, we're seeing with Kim, we're seeing with Chris. Why are all these people going undrafted? These guys were all should be first-round picks, second-round picks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and, and we were seeing it in Ontario. People are definitely coming to Ontario, but maybe come just a little bit further, go up that highway. You know, it, it's nice in Montreal. It's, you know, really it a world-class city. It's it's a beautiful place. <laughs> you know, spend some time. You know, where are the where are the where are the runs in Montreal? Like, where are people like, you know, like if if if, if you're a baller in Montreal, where are you going? Which team? I guess which team, like, or even just like which gym, like, has the best runs or things like that. Like, I'm sure there's there's a few oh. AAU teams down there as well. There is, but you know I me, mean? I'm going to shout out Brooklyn Elite, right? I mean, that's where Kim okay, and okay. played. Both of them played, there you go, right? There you go. I mean, yeah. so for me, obviously, if they produce two NBA players, you know that Brooklyn can produce more. I mean, it's a right. fantastic organization. Uh, my youngest son played um, there too. Um, so much talent there, and the coaches are fantastic. Um, Kim first started playing um, Montreal United when he first started. Um, and then there's other teams as well, but for me, I got to resonate with the teams that my kid played for. Right. And okay. I mean, they, obviously they're produced NBA players. So it clearly worked. It clearly worked. <laughs> no, but again, there's no disrespect to any other team in Montreal, because to me, everything they do, whether they're out in St. Michel or whether they're in the West Island, St. Lazar, doesn't matter where they are. The mm -hmm. coaching in Montreal now, they really stepped up and, there's so much coming out of there. So I can just say like, watch out world because you're going to see some, uh, some more uh, Quebec faces coming soon. Okay, great. We're looking forward to that. And then the last question, this is super selfish, not even for anyone out there. <laughs> My little brother who is 10 years younger than me is through first year at McGill, but yep. unfortunately he had to do remote learning. Cause you know, the, yeah. you know obviously, but hopefully next, uh, this coming semester, um, he will be in Montreal and living there and, Listen, I'm very worried for him. He's only 18. He's turning 19. He's just a little baby. He needs recommendations as to what to do in Montreal, where to eat. If you can just give me one, like, you know, hidden gem of a restaurant in Montreal that you really love and maybe one, one hidden activity. Don't tell me, like, oh, go to the old city and, and you know, eat the beaver tail or whatever is over there. And, like, beaver you know, go tail. To <laughs> now you're going to eat poutine. <laughs> you have to have a poutine. Kim will tell you, you go to Montreal and you have to have a poutine. He, oh my God, if I okay. were to say anything else, he would kill me. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, for me, I am, I love Caribbean food and I love Greek food. Okay. And there's actually, a restaurant that I found just before I moved out of Montreal last year. And it's called uh, uh, Sudwest, which is Southwest. Mm -hmm. And it's on Notre Dame street near Atwater. Oh my God. They make the best jerk chicken wraps ever. But there is a, I'm a caterer girl. I have a lot of caterers in Montreal that would actually bring me food to be honest. You know oh, I mean? okay. Food. Yes, yes, right, yes, yes. Right, right. Okay. The best bite catering. So I would tell them, come to Montreal. What about this? Yeah. All right, let me make it for you and stuff like that. So I was always blessed, right? You know what I mean? So right, we're right. foodies. And activity. Say, everyone in Montreal has got to be a foodie. Like Montreal oh is such a good, it's like world-class food. Like, it's like, there's so many people that come to Montreal. Like there's such a blend of culture. Like 
um, I mean, I, mean, I don't have to tell you this, but like, you know, like the Moroccan food, like mm-hmm. you got, the, you got, the, the, you know, islands, the Haitian food, like there's just, you can have anything yeah. you want. Like last time I was in Montreal, I ate crickets, like gold crickets <laughs> in some sort of Mexican restaurant. I don't know, man, but it was great. <laughs> anyway, I don't know if saying. I should say you. <laughs> I don't know if I should. <laughs> I like you know, crickets. it was unique. It was unique. <laughs> Yeah, you see, I'm that girl that, yeah, I'm not that adventurous. So, yeah, crickets, I wouldn't do. Um, Activities. Okay, so I'm scared of everything. However, zip lining, OMG, you got a zip line. That to me is just like the most liberating thing ever. Um, Montreal is known for its scootering. You can pick up a scooter anywhere. I'm sure you can do that across Wait. the country oh. now. Okay. Man, pick a scooter and just buzz through the town. There's so much to see in Montreal. It really is. It's a beautiful, beautiful city. And we're not, again, we're not talking about going to old Montreal. We're just saying in the city. I mean, like yeah. you're saying, you could find restaurants anywhere as you're scooting along. You can find anything. I mean, there's parks there's a lot of nature walks you can do. I'm all about nature. Mm-hmm. So for right, me, right. and then the party scene, if you like to party, come on now. Montreal is where it's well, at. <laughs> well, I, mean, I was going to say last time I was there, it was definitely for a bachelor party. So <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I work at the hotel industry and you know how many people will call me and tell me uh, that. Yeah. So we want to plan a, um, a bachelor party in Montreal. And I would laugh like, where are you calling from? And oh Yeah. Montreal is the city for, <laughs> Absol- abs- for absolutely. lots of fun. I don't know if it's the Canadian Vegas, but <laughs> what? And you know what? You know what? Uh, I guess. Yeah, I was gonna say Canada doesn't really have a Vegas. That's that's a little unfortunate, you know. But if yeah. it, if it is close to, I mean Montreal, I mean the Strip there. I mean there's there's a lot that you can do and a lot you can see. So hopefully my brother's not going to do that stuff, but, um, you know, definitely, I'll, I'll <laughs> oh, definitely yeah. oh yeah. Oh yeah. Wait, I forgot it was about your brother. Okay. So tell him. Uh, whatever. There's he's a church you'll, you'll do right something. next to McGill. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> that he can go to. I was, I was say, the classroom is here. Yeah. <laughs> the lecture hall's here. Yeah, you live the here. The church is right? across the street. Yeah. Yeah. And the church. There you go. Just go yeah, to all just, four places. You're good. That's it. And the library. Can't forget the library. Uh, you can't forget the library. Yeah. Don't it, go so. anywhere else. Yeah. <laughs> enjoy montreal um no seriously wendy this is such a great conversation having a great time and i really want to thank you for your time you know as you mentioned like your time is very valuable but i really wanted to um you know just have you on and and talk about your show and talk about kim and you know and and just honestly wish you success with the podcast because it's really great again i I think for me like the first time i heard one i was like instantly i gotta share this to twitter i gotta let people know and i know a lot of people caught on because it was such a good product like people really really enjoyed the show enjoyed the vibe of the show and you are so well prepared and i know it definitely takes a lot of work to book guests too as a podcaster it's like the not the worst part but it just takes a long time they gotta work on their (sighs) schedule then you gotta get the tech you got to get the time, then you got to get the questions, then you got to get the recording, the video, and like all yeah, the other stuff for one episode. So, <laughs> exactly. No, it's it's not like maybe having a baby, but it's you know it's like having a very small <laughs> technical baby. But it, it, um, it is, it is, it is, yeah. and you're right. You know what? It does take a lot of work. Um, and at the beginning, it was tough because I had some moms that were afraid, and I would laugh, and I'm like, "You're afraid? <laughs> I'm afraid." Like, like. <laughs> get on that plane because at the beginning you know what i mean i was flying them right, in, right? right for and then it just changed to the zoom platform so it's it's different now right um but when you're saying no for me i guess it was how am i gonna get people to listen mm-hmm. or to even look you know what i mean look watch it on youtube because i wanted people to see who is this mother what does she look like if you were to right. bump it to on the street in Philadelphia or wherever, you should know that this is this player's mom. Moms are very important. And that is what I wanted to create is a platform for the mothers to get respect and not just the player. You know what I mean? The players came from somewhere. Mm-hmm. So this is what everybody needs to know. The backstory and the person who actually, you know what I mean? Show respect for the person that brought these players into the world. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I laugh at it all the time. I'm like, listen. Know who we are, man. We got stories too. Our 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 boys or girls, you know what I mean? 
it would have been hard for them to do it without their parents behind them. And you know what I mean? And a mother's love and the mm-hmm. nurture is, is important. And that's what courtside moms is all about. So thank you for enjoying the show and, and, and taking your, your time and listening to some episodes to me, one episode at a time, you know what I mean? I'm learning every day. Um, I'm doing the best I can. And for me, courtside moms just needs to grow. And I want to touch all the fans. I want to touch as many parents as I can who have amateur players and have questions um, and want to know how do I get my child to be a professional athlete? And hopefully within some of the episodes they listen to and they hear our journeys, at least we'll give them an idea as to what to do. So that's what Courtside Moms is, is also about. So thank you for taking your time and, and, and listening to, um, to a show or two. Or three, or hopefully seven. <laughs> I was gonna say, I, 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 def, I definitely binged a few. I didn't want to. I didn't want to gas you up too much, but yeah, no, I, I, I was definitely. I'm start asking you questions. Yeah. I mean, you know what? I, I might, you know, I might be a fan, but um, no, seriously, thank you for your time, and and to listeners, thank you for listening to this episode, and I'll be back with another episode later this week. Thank you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.